Welcome to St James Bible Bites. This podcast was recorded at our online reflective prayer, which takes place each Monday and Wednesday at 9.15. The full recording can be found on our Facebook page. Today our reflection is from the Reverend Fabian Wirtz entitled, God Reveals Himself. So our first reading is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 41. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's dreams are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years, as are the seven empty ears blighted by the east wind. They are seven years of famine. It is as I told Pharaoh, God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. After them, there will arise seven years of famine and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land. The plenty will no longer be known in the land because of the famine that will follow, for it will be very grievous. And the doubling of Pharaoh's dream mean that the thing is fixed by God and God will shortly bring it about. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a man who is discerning and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plenteous years. Let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming and lay up grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities and let them keep it. That food shall be reserved shall be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to befall the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish through the famine. The proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find anyone else like this, one in whom is the Spirit of God? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has shown you all this, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only with regard to the throne, I will be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Removing his signet ring from his hand, Pharaoh put it on Joseph's hand. He arrayed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in the chariot of his second in command and they cried out in front of him, bow the knee. Thus he set him over all the land of Egypt. Moreover, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh and without your consent, no one shall lift up hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Zephanath Paniah, and he gave him Asenath 
daughter of Pontifaria, priest of On as his wife. Thus, Joseph gained authority over the land of Egypt. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. Thank you. And our New Testament is taken from the letter to the Galatians, chapter 3. Before the coming, <coughs> before the coming of this play, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be, re be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under her guardian. So in Jesus Christ, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What I am saying is that as long as an heir is under age, he is no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were under age, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But woman born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship because you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Thank you so very much. So season of Lent, season of waiting, a season of creating space to, um, um, to hear God, to go back to him. And in um, communion prayers, uh, there is a special kind of paragraph where uh, we remind ourselves um, what really this season is about, is to kind of return to that generous heart of God, to uh, see him better, and to understand his plans. And so both readings have something about that. The first reading, we hear that um, the very beginning, God has revealed to Pharaoh what is the of seeing something that was there all the time, but we couldn't see, or revealing something that we can't see, and that only can, that God can then um, bring us to our understanding. And I think that's what the season of Lent is all about, that God would reveal, um, reveal the things maybe that we've forgotten and that we need to be reminded about, or reveal things that we might uh, never, uh, we, we, we were not aware of, and uh, that are good for us uh, to know. So what are the things that um, we need to be revealed of um, in this season? 
well, a season of Lent is a season of repentance or repentance meaning um, changing our minds on certain things. And there might be things that uh, are in our minds that are unhelpful, destructive, um, dark, um, that God needs to bring his light and his healing. But there are also um, things that um, maybe we haven't understood about the goodness of God. And so here we, the New Testament, we also have revelation. Revelation that um, um, the reality of Jesus and God's coming in Jesus, which has freed us from being under the law. The law, of course, in that first century uh, Christianity um, was very, very much present as uh, the Christian faith came through and the um, and people of Israel who were under the law following all kind of um, festivals and um, moral laws, but also laws around uh, sacrifice. And here we hear that uh, those constructs was a helpful tool to bring to mind the realizations that we need to be forgiven. All the laws around sacrifice was just about that. Um, if you fail to follow the law, uh, those are the things uh, to do to receive mercy. Now with the coming of Christ, mercy has been given once and for all, making the laws of sacrifice um, unnecessary on the cross. Christ died for all our sins, our rebellion. And so now we come in faith. We receive the gift once and for all. The sacrifice that stops all sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus who gives his own life on our behalf. What we were meant to go through, death, Jesus went through it on our behalf that we might be free from death and from the power of sin. And so we are no longer, it says, subject to this disciplinary reality, for in Christ we have become children of God through faith. Now, faith has different aspects. You can see faith as trust, and we need to trust God's promise that we are truly forgiven and we become children of God through the promises. But faith is also this idea of assent. And assent means accepting and committing ourselves. If you assent to something, you really believe in it, and you will then live according to it. And then faith is also about faithfulness. And that's the perseverance. So for me today, we are reminded, as we are people of faith, that our journey is a journey of ascent as we continue to grow in our understanding through the Holy Spirit of what God is calling us to do and to be, and of faithfulness as we renew our commitment to God. We are children of God, and we've been receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, which make us able to say, Abba, Father, and that must surely blow our minds, definitely mine, that I can call God, the maker of heaven and earth, the same way that Jesus called God, Father. I can do that not grounded on my own goodness and ability to stand before God on my own righteousness, but because Christians are in Christ. And 
here the picture is like being closed with. I wonder how many of you have closed yourself with as a child um, close to become a princess or maybe as a man to become a cowboy. And I don't know if you remember those times, but once you close yourself with, you know, you pretend to be a princess, you really feel like a princess or you really feel like a cowboy and you start acting like one, you know, you start, your voice starts changing and, and that's, I believe, what it means to close ourselves with Christ. It's in a sense a little pretend, but it's not a pretend because it's in our own strength. When we close ourselves with Christ, Jesus Christ himself comes close to us and enable us to live the life he lived. So we are called in this season of Lent to close again ourselves with Christ and to believe and trust that Christ stands with us, next to us, that his Holy Spirit lives in us, and that God the Father is active through the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we pray. We pray to the Father through the merits of the Son and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we move to a time of prayer, we also remind ourselves that amazing sound where the writer speaks of the reality of suffering and especially of wicked leaders that can bring so much um, uh, havoc and suffering in the world. And not be afraid to ask God to bring his justice and his truth. So we can pray with confidence also for places of conflict, for those who are the source of those suffering, that their hearts will be turned, that they will be transformed and changed. Or shall I dare say maybe sometimes that they might be removed so that a wiser leader like Joseph can rise to the occasion and bring good news to a people. Let's pray. In the season of Lent, you call us all to a time of prayer, a time of honest uh, introspection by the help of your Holy Spirit that those things in our lives which are blocking real life, which are not of you, but of the old nature or the ways of this world, that those might be revealed. And that you will lead us afresh in a time of repentance, even as Christian, of turning away, of changing our minds, and of choosing the good, the right, and what will bring life, and life in all its fullness. So open our minds, open our hearts to your working in our lives. Work as we read scripture, work in our time of silence, or in our time of prayer. Work through our friends and acquaintances as you revealed your purposes in our lives. And Lord, as we think of this story of Joseph, a man who went through so much injustice, but through your grace, didn't turn embittered, 
but became an instrument of good news to a whole nation. For more Bible Bite podcasts, simply visit our website www.stjamestaunton.co.uk and click on resources. Thank you for listening and may God be with you today.